right, everybody. Welcome to this week's Learning the Tropes. I'm Aaron. I'm Clayton. And I'm your roommate novel veteran. And I'm the Virgin. And we're your hosts. Hi, guys. Hi, oh. Clayton. Oh, hello. I was waiting for mine. <laughs> How's it going? We've, you've. I wonder, has everybody missed us? We took a week off to go to La La Land. Yes, it feels like forever ago yeah. we did a, a, the episode on Morning Glory. Yes, not Milking Farm. No, I stopped right where I needed to stop. There's no milking farm. In, well, there's milking in this, but uh, milking of animals, I'm sure, yeah. not milking of centaurs. Of centaurs, yes. But yeah, people seem to really dig that episode. I think we really loved it because we really love that book. Mm-hmm. But and then, what? Yeah, the big thing is that we went to L.A. <laughs> We went to L.A., we stayed in a very cute bungalow in Silver Lake with AstroTurf in the backyard, which was very fun. I got fully sunburned, which I noticed yesterday when I was sitting on a call, and I was like, my face is beach red, but you know. Wow, you didn't put the moisturizing sunscreen SPF on your face? No, I forgot it. I'm sorry. It's bad, and everyone, we should... You should be uh, SPFing all the time, and I forgot. And I was too excited to sit in the sun and read Eve Babbitt's and really have a full moment that I forgot the most important thing. Yeah. Yep. But the other very important thing we did while we were out there, obviously, as any two good romance fans would do, is we took a little pilgrimage to the Ripped Bodice. Yes, my first time. Yeah, I was a virgin. <laughs> Not my first time. Well, what were your impressions of the store? I I thought, well, I mean, overall impression, it was awesome because yeah. it's a romance bookstore and it was all romance, basically. I, I had this thought in my mind that it was going to be more ornate. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it, it is just like a store on a strip of stores. But in my mind, I thought it was going to be dark wood and, you know, book ladders. You know, basically, I thought it was going to be the a library from uh, a regency, and it wasn't. You thought it was going to be, like, basically the Beast Library. Yes. I, I but, Well, that was my dream, but obviously that's not really feasible in this economy. <laughs> so I understood that it was just the bookstore. Mm -hmm. But the people were so lovely Oh, yeah. There. They're so nice. I mean, most bookstores, I mean, I'm used to New York bookstores where they're disdainful of you being in them. Oh, they're so upset that you've come into their store. And listen, I totally get it because mm -hmm. as somebody who's worked in customer facing, I dislike anybody who comes into the store I'm working at. But th it was a refreshing it was a refreshing feeling to have somebody be actually excited that you were inside their establishment. <laughs> and they were so, yeah, they were so open and kind. And there was people, there was an event going on when we were there, um, mm -hmm. which seemed great. We couldn't stay because we were on a very strict um, producer Patty timeline. But uh, it did seem like, you know, people were going up to, to the 
women working in the shop or the people working in the shop and asking for like specific, like, I want this and this, and I want like a sci-fi version of this. And they were running around and like helping them find books and stuff. And it was just, it was a dream. And I would say, if you're ever find yourself in LA to definitely go, because it's very sweet. It's very fun. The only downside was because they were setting up for that event, they blocked off all of the historical <laughs> romances. Yes. Just like, the thing, uh, you guys know, that's the thing we always want the most. And they were very sweet in that they they were like, oh, we'll move the bookcases. But they were setting up for an event. And so I felt bad. And obviously, we didn't want to like kind of mess up their whole day because we would have just stood there for hours. Yes. And, and I think the thing was they asked, if there's anything you want, let us know mm-hmm. and we can move the we can move the shelves. And we didn't want anything really specific. We yeah. just wanted to browse, and and we would have bought uh, uh, some stuff, I'm sure, but we were just looking more than we were wanting to specifically call out a title. So I think that was yeah. the thing. We didn't want to say, oh, yeah, move these so we can just browse. Right. Yeah, so that was kind of the only bummer, and I wish that they were – like, that's my only note, I think, if there is a note, is just, you know, maybe find a way to not block off. <laughs> all of the historical romances whenever there's an event. Because then it is kind of a bummer, too, because if you do go for an event there, I'm sure you want to also peruse. Like, if I was going to an event at Rip Bodice, I would probably also think to myself, like, oh, I'll buy a book or two. So it's kind of a bummer to then have a whole, like, uh, section of the genre, like, blocked off. Well, it was funny because we had – I can't remember if it was – oh, it was the previous day or night – we went to the Grove, which was not it was not an odd occurrence. We were at the I was at the Grove a lot. <laughs> you were at the Grove nonstop. Pat producer Patty fell in love with the Grove. Well, I, it was Uncanny Valley movies. there for me. I was very upset. I did not enjoy it. It's a mall. I mean, I grew up in the yeah. suburbs. I know what malls are. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we went. I think the main thing is we went and saw movies there. That's why we were there so much. Yeah. But we were at the Barnes and Noble at the Grove, and me and you were standing there looking at the romance selection. It was all cartoon rom com books, and we were just like, oh, "I can't wait till we go to the Rip Bodice and we can we can really look at all of the, the historicals we want." And then we get there, and the shelves that are in front of the historicals are all the same rom-com <laughs> cartoon cover books that we looked at at Barnes & Noble. I know. Oh, yeah, it was kind of a bummer. Yeah, because it was it was also a little bit of a two-on-the-nose metaphor for what's kind of happening in publishing at the moment, which is like all of these rom-com covers are being propped up over these historicals, which is fine. I mean, like we always say, too, it's like everybody has their preference. And if you love, like, modern rom-com books, like, that's fantastic. Um, But it just seems like kind of the bread and butter of the industry is being kind of, like, pushed aside in a way that is, like, a kind of a bummer. Yeah. And then they did have some discount books, which we did buy. If you check out our Instagram, you'll see Mm -hmm. our haul. And there was some on a shelf outside and then there were some in the bathroom and <laughs> we had to go into the bathroom and look at the discount books because those were mostly older paperbacks and a lot those of those were all like the used books yeah yeah and when several women needed to actually use the facilities we had to step out 
<laughs> so that they could do their business. Yeah. That was also unique. Yeah, that you don't see that enough, I think, going into a bathroom in order to continue to peruse books. Yeah, because most bookstores yeah. do not want you to go into the bathroom with their books. No, but this bookstore said, sure, we'll keep them in there. I mean, it yeah. is kind of a genius marketing idea because those books were all of the used books. So it's like as you're sitting on the toilet, you're just kind of looking and like maybe you see something. Like it is yeah. smart. Well, that and, works. That works in a store that is mostly – Mostly uh, women. women, yeah. Mostly women are shopping there because if it's mostly guys, they're not looking at that. No, they're probably not looking at that uh, uh, shelf because they're <laughs> facing the other the direction. Yeah. Yes. Um, but we, yeah, we were able to find some great stuff um, through all of the the used book selection, which was really fun. And then we did pick up our book for next week there. Clayton found it and picked it out. Yeah, which which we'll we'll tell you about at the end of the show. Uh-huh. Which is not gonna be much later because no. this is a Minnesota, of course. Mm-hmm. I think before we announce that book, we need to just talk a little bit about Bridgerton season two and our plans for that. Yes. And the plan is we don't have a plan as of yet. <laughs> I was really sitting on pins and needles because I'm like, oh, there's a plan. The plan is, guys, basically, like, we want to watch it together in the same, like, physical space because it's more fun that way, you know, to watch these things together, be able to talk to it and then immediately be able to record um, the episodes so you get our thoughts really fresh. So the issue we're running into is kind of like how to schedule that. So um, so that's it. I, we, I promise you by the end of April, by May 1st, you will have all of the episodes. Um, yes. But as far as when before May 1st, unfortunately, it's a little bit uh, up in the air. But I, we've been hearing amazing things about it. Um so I am super duper excited to to finally watch it because I've been trying my hardest to avoid spoilers and it's been very hard. Um, but it seems like everybody's kind of head over heels for Anthony and John. Um, is his name John Bayleaf? Whatever his name and the and the lead actor there. Um, so yeah, listen. Well, but originally we were hearing, because now I'm a little confused, because originally I was hearing that it's slow, there's no sex, and it's no good. Is that, is, it, where is that coming from? Like, where is, where is the I positive the is, critical, is, is this, who's saying it's good, in other words? From romance people. Okay, well then that's, that's the most important. Because I think the thing is, people, there is probably less sex than there was in the first season. Because also, it's like Anthony and Kate don't get married until like towards the end of the book. Mm-hmm. In this, in this book, I, it's been so long since we read it. Yeah. But obviously, in the Duke and I, they get married kind of halfway through, so there's just like more time for sex. So I think it's like if you don't know that this is enemies to lovers, and all those things. Then you're like, oh, there's just not just copious amounts of sex. So, um, yeah, I think there is, but it's like as we both know, more sex doesn't equal sexy. 
and less sex doesn't equal not as sexy, you know? True. So what I'm hearing from people who I admire on like Twitter and stuff or people whose opinions I value is that it is pretty good and that they, I've heard it's like strayed from the books, but in kind of ways that are positive. I mean, I think Bridgerton is like a little bit divisive, (laughs) so I'm sure we'll have our opinions either way, but I am hearing that it is good. Yeah. Like uh, when we initially, (laughs) when we initially did the first season, I think there was a lot of excitement in general for us just because of it being romance. Yes. And that it's such an untapped market for adaptations. And in hindsight, and I think at the time, I think you liked it better than I did. I came around to it. I think the first episodes were awful. They were. And I think I never truly came around to it Mm -hmm. in the way you did, in the sense of... I was really, and we've talked about this in private, and I don't feel like there's any reason for me to hide this at this point. I was kind of dreading having to do further seasons of Bridgerton. Yeah. Because I have no, I I, I just have no inclination to ever go back to that first season ever again. We never will. And I never will. Watch a second of it. And so now that there's the second season and I knew how grueling it was for us to do the first season and then also timing because the L.A. trip and everything that's been going on in my life, Mm -hmm. I knew we couldn't do that kind of thing again because also it would be not enjoyable for me to do eight episodes and, and not enjoyable for you to do eight episodes in a day or two days like we did the first time. I agree, and I do think that there is something to spacing these things out because I think when you watch everything all at once, it's really hard to also like sit with story beats and sit with certain things that have happened because you're just like, let me get through this, let me get through this. Um, so, yeah, I think that's why we we might split it into like two days and one day watch half the season and maybe a week later watch the other half of the season to kind of like have that space. Um, but and also, we'll see. we're we're not here. We're not out here courting the fly by night Bridgerton watchers to listen to this podcast for two weeks and then just dump us because <laughs> we we do uh, we don't do the the latest rom com cartoon cover book. That's not us. We're not influencers. No, we're not out here trying to make a buck although we do have patreon and we appreciate anybody who donates you guys have been amazing we've said this several times but it can't not be said enough wait it can't not be said enough it can't be said enough is that the same thing who knows anyway we love (laughs) you and we we think i don't want to speak for you aaron but i i'm going to in this moment i think the podcast has become kind of what we want it to be yeah and we're doing the books we want to do. And that doesn't mean I don't want new people to listen and, and enjoy us because we get new listeners every every single week. But we're not we're not catering to the fly by nighters here. These are <laughs> these are romance fans. Romance fans listen to this podcast and we love them and they support us. And that's that's all that I worry about. 
That's the thing. That is so interesting too, because I feel like Bridgerton last year or whenever it was that we did Bridgerton, I remember kind of us talking about how maybe we would do the Bridgerton Netflix series and then that would be the end of the podcast. Because I think we were going so hard up until that point that it's like you said, it stopped being enjoyable for us. And so that's why, you know, we, we obviously, we changed it, changed a lot of the formatting of how we do things. And then we kind of changed the books that we pick or, or what leads us to pick different books. Cause I think, you know, we want to pick books that we're excited to read and that you guys are excited to hear us read. And that's kind of the big mandate at the moment is like, if we're excited to read it and you guys are excited for us to read it, then we'll read it. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, yeah, I do think it's interesting that now this second season of Bridgerton, we're not kind of, because I think in the past, like we were both in LA together, I guess theoretically we could have done all those episodes, but we were like on vacation and seeing friends we hadn't seen in a while and stuff. And we didn't want to use all that time, yeah. you know? So I think it's like, obviously we want to do Bridgerton. We know you guys are excited about it. We definitely want to bring this to you, but also we want to be able to do it in a way that is also like still enjoyable for us. So, you know, that's why I, I know it's a bummer and it's taking a bit longer than I think we even hoped. I think we would probably want it out sooner in a perfect world, but mm-hmm. you know, I have a friend and her baby visiting me right now, which is wonderful because I haven't seen them in a long time. And so they're just kind of like life things are getting in the way. But we know you guys kind of, you know, appreciate that too. It's no one has been mean to us about not having Bridgerton, but we wanted to let you know that it's coming. We're thinking about it. We promise. I mean, we have a bunch of things to watch too, because we'll do Bridgerton season two first, but then obviously we're watching Morning Glory with Christopher Reeve. Um, We're going to do Starstruck season two. Um, So there's a ton more content coming for you guys as well. So um, yeah. So that's just our little update. Yeah. Thank you for being patient as always. You You guys are great. Now, Aaron, what is the book that I chose mm-hmm. for us to read this week? So just to set the scene for you guys, so we're in The Ripped Bodice. We're looking around at the books, uh, trying to figure, you know, we're here. We should probably pick up a book, like, kind of organically for our next book. And then Clayton saw this cover, and he got very excited. And he said, ooh, let's do this one. And then he read the flap to himself and he said, ooh, this is, has some buzzwords that I'm really excited about. So, and it, this is also an author that we have never read, which is surprising because mm-hmm. she's a big author for sure. Um, so we are reading The Helian's Waltz by Olivia Waite. It is Feminine Pursuits number three. And shall we flap it? Yes. It's not a crime to steal a heart. Sophie Rosengrave hates nothing more than a swindler. After her family lost their piano shop to a con man in London, they're trying to start fresh in a new town. Her father is convinced Carrisford is an upright and honest place, but Sophie is not so sure. She has grave suspicions about silk weaver Madeline Crewe, whose stunning beauty doesn't hide the fact that she's up to something. 
All Maddie Crew needs is one big score, one grand heist to properly fund the Weavers Union forever. She's found her mark in Mr. Giles, a greedy draper, and the entire association of weavers and tailors and clothing merchants has agreed to help her. The very last thing she needs is a small but determined piano teacher and composer sticking her nose in other people's business. If Sophie won't be put off, the only thing to do is to seduce her to the cause. Will Sophie's scruples force her to confess the plot before Maddie gets her money, or will Maddie lose her nerve along with her heart? Yeah, so the things that stuck out to me were con man swindle heist. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love a a confidence person. There's something about that uh, that I really gravitate towards. It's a woman-on-woman romance, Mm -hmm. which we don't do a lot of. And it's a Regency, which is cool. And it just, the cover, when we'll talk about the cover when we review the book, just really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And so I was very excited to, you know, dive into this. Yes. I've been wanting to read Olivia Waite for a while, or I have actually read Olivia Waite, but like, um, not any of her historicals. Um, or no, that's Olivia Dade. I have not read Olivia Wade. So okay. um, I'm very excited to read her because I've seen her books a ton. And she's one of those authors that I've always had in the back of my mind. Um, so we both bought – well, Clayton bought me a physical copy of the book, which is very exciting. So we'll be reading physical copies, which I think is going to be a different experience that I'm looking forward yes. to as well. And, um, yeah, so we'll have that for you guys next week. Yeah. So we're excited Took took kind of a flyer on it because I didn't know the author, mm-hmm. and it's not like a big – it's not a biggie author in the sense of like a classic biggie author. But we'll get back to that list, the one on Facebook. If, if you haven't contributed that or if you haven't joined mm-hmm. the troop and you're not adverse to being on Facebook, which I know a lot of people are, but we which only – we only. We only keep it going because we have a community over there and they seem to like it. So we'll – I only do Facebook in that capacity. I don't – I'm not even ever on my own profile page at this point. Yeah. But if you don't feel comfortable on Facebook, that's totally fine. You can always just email us at learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com and just say Biggie Author and then let us know your recommendation because we'll definitely pull from that as well. Or, yes. Um, it's recommendations are harder on Twitter and Instagram, but you can always send us there for at uh, learning the tropes or learning tropes. Um, just because normally I just read those when I'm on my couch or not in a place where I can then like mark them. <laughs> but I'll try to be better about that. Um, like we said, or you send can always, us a message. Send us a message on Patreon. Oh, a message on Patreon that goes directly to Clayton. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, so if you want to, and if you want to join our Patreon, you can go, if you just search Learning the Tropes on Patreon, that's how you'll find us. Like I said, we have a lot of things coming uh, planned uh, for the Patreon coming up. So it's a great time to join. Also, once you're with the Patreon for three months, you get our exclusive sticker. A bunch of you have been getting the stickers. So uh, we're happy to kind of see those in the wild. If you want to take a picture and send us where your sticker is, that would be also super fun to see. Yes, yes. And yeah, is there anything else? I think that's it, Aaron. <laughs> okay, Clayton. All right, so should we say happy reading? 
I think we can say happy reading. (laughs) Happy reading, everybody. See you next week.